نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part? And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universe. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God, and on the Mujaddid, the Reform, which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WGAG Radio. We then take the bits on the body parts and bits and pieces. Is it a physical action that some of the grooves bits and pieces from one of the other sticks and then gives it to who? Any referring to the same question? I know what you're trying to say. She says who's that? The average person in here doesn't have seven clones. But let's say there are five men that control the Bilderberg Society. The Bilderberg Society, five men who rule the world. A Ram Corporation. Each one of them have a clone. Each one of them had that clone produce copies of themselves for body parts. They have special doctors that are responsible for keeping them together. Uh, let's say um, he has face cancer. Have uh, you noticed? Um, at one point, his whole face was swelling up and eating away. If anybody knows something about terminal cancer, they would not be able to just pull it away and patch him up like that. It doesn't work like that. Once it starts to eat the cells away, that's it. You have a very limited amount of time and it becomes unapparent. Now if you look at it, all of a sudden, this whole big mass is gone. Or had this big growth on his nose of cancer. And all of a sudden, you know, he disappears for a little while, goes away, goes to the jaw, comes back to... And it's not there. He no longer has a nose problem. So they have ways now what they're doing is they have cell tips they work with. And they have a problem with making it public in America because they have to go into the fetus and take cells in the fetus that can rebuild cells. What I'm saying now sounds crazy, but if you go to the computer, you can investigate cell tips, they call them. And it rebuilds cells. So if you have, a, let's say, um, MS, some kind of brain damage, now they have the means by which they can take out of a baby's feet and cells, inject them into your brain cells, it'll cling on, and begin to reproduce fresh blood cells, actually regrow cells. But it's, the conflict is every time they do that, they have to eliminate a baby. They have to kill a baby. So now they're trying to take control of Africa and other countries where they don't mind eliminating babies in order to sustain their life. Ugly is the sad truth, but it's the truth. So, like, say the Anunnaki and beings of that caliber had clones. The ancient Egyptians had clones. The so-called pharaohs had clones made themselves so that in the event that during their life they suffered from some type of terminal disease, there the alchemists could 
immediately replaced that there was no fear of rejection because they replaced it in, you know, six to eight weeks determines whether or not your blood is going to reject it. There's no fear of that. That's what it means when they say they, they're talking about those physicians. And in the day, let's say in the time of um, Zulza, the physicians would be under Ayam Hotep. That was his high priest. And beneath in the time of Tutankhamen, Amen, he would be I. The high priest would be I. He had a bunch of men under him, which were called the royal guard of Amen Ra. And they were high priests. They used to sometimes see them depicted in artwork with Israel on. A single white robe, bald head, no hair. They shaved all his body. Anything was bacteria attractive, they didn't have any more pure white robes all the time. They always show them in any book you read on Egyptian, they show you these men. They call them wabs or priests in ancient Egypt. Well, these men were the scientists. They were like scientists. They know about the embalming. They know about cloning. They know about alchemy, altering molecules. They just were learning. They got their knowledge from beings who came from beyond the stars here, which sounds crazy in America until when we speak of beings coming from beyond the stars, it sounds like it's crazy until you talk to a Christian in America and you say, where did Jesus come from? And they go, huh? Yeah, well, where did Jesus come from? According to your Bible, Jesus said, I am from above, you are from beneath. Jesus said, I come down from the Father. As long as you're talking UFOs and you keep it in that terminology of UFOs, it sounds crazy. But when you turn around and just say, let's get for real, where did Jesus come from? And they'll say, before he came to earth, he had to have been someplace. If you say, James, they'll say, well, Jesus came from heaven. The next question is, where is Heaven, the definition of heaven, of course, them is up there. Up there where? Up there somewhere. Okay, good. Then you don't know exactly where he came, but you do know he came from up there. Then you are admitting that he came to this earth from some other place where he lived. Did he have a seat beside his father there? They'll say, well, according to the Bible, of course, Jesus sat on the right side of his father while up there. So his seat there. Were the angels there, the heavenly hosts? Um... According to the Bible, there were heavenly hosts there. And these heavenly hosts, were they nude or did they wear robes? Because when Jesus appears in visions or when the Blessed Mother Mary appears in visions, they always are garbed in white robes, etc. So they have robes there. Yes, uh, when you read the holy books, it speaks about paradise and the fruits of paradise and the pure water of paradise and the gifts that we're going to get when we get to heaven, which are very similar to the things we already have here on earth, but they are supposed to be conscious. But slowly but surely, they're being confronted with a reality that there's a place somewhere there where they go, a specific place. And in that place, there's seats and people talk. Because, in fact, in Genesis chapter 3, God is walking in the garden talking. Well, either God was talking to himself when Adam and Eve heard them, but it says they heard God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So he was actually moving about. So what was he doing? Talking to somebody. A group of people, but they heard him. But you wouldn't hear him if there was no concrete. He didn't have no flips on his shoes. You wouldn't hear him. They were walking around the sandals on sand. You won't hear nobody walking on sand in the cooler day. So they must be having a conversation. Who is God talking to? Other beings that are on his equal or beneath him or above him. They have to be in one of those places. They have to be either higher than him, equal to him, or beneath him. But whatever it is, there's other people there. If there's a seat on the right side, only the why you would mention having a seat on the right side is because there must be a seat on the left side. So if Jesus is sitting on the right side because he's good, and on the left side is Satan. But Satan can't be there no more because Revelation 12 says Satan was thrown out of heaven and can't come back no more. So there's an empty seat on the left side. But as you add these ridiculous little things together, they sound like mumbo-jumbo. 
they come down to a reality that there is a place where Jesus came from. And there's a place that Jesus wants us to go to. And he says, where I am, you may be also. But the point is, if he says that where I am, you may be also, as we go and look at that literally, he's saying, I am somewhere and you're over there. And I want you here. And to find out where that, we simply go to the Lord's Prayer. Where is that here? Well, Jesus said, I want you to pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven. So now he's separating himself from earth being and saying there is a heaven and our Father is there. If all we have to do that, if we take it from the religious and just blindly go by faith and say, well, you know, I'm not going to address these final points, then we're not worthy to be there. Simply because it says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So we're supposed to know these things. Otherwise, God would have never put them in the Bible. He didn't want us to find them. He never gave us the intelligence to find them. He wouldn't give the heathen the intelligence to rage because God controls all the intellect in the boundless universe. So if someone speaks against God, God allowed him to do it for a specific reason. He wants that question raised. He wants that doubt in Thomas to exist. Because by doubting Thomas, he can confirm the truth. If there's no doubt in Thomas, how do I get to the truth if I don't have somebody saying, well, I know God personally. And then some guy in the congregation says, you don't know God. God arranged both of those situations. The cuckoo says, I know God personally. And the guy that says, you don't know God. He says, yes, I know God. Well, where's God? Oh, God's in heaven. He talks to my heart. Okay, now the situation changed. God talks to your heart. God talks to everybody. I thought you meant that you knew him personally like I know this guy, and he talks to me like me and him sitting in the bar having a beer. That's the big difference. It's left like that. So when he's making reference to they, he's speaking of a place where beings are. And those beings walk and talk with God. And they're called the heavenly host. In fact, one man in the Bible called Enoch was so good that God didn't even let him die. It says in the Bible, God translated him and took him to himself and took him to himself. And Enoch didn't even die a mortal death. So now Enoch in the Bible didn't die a mortal death. Then he was still in the physical form. And if God took him and translated him out of this planet somewhere, he went there in what? A physical form. If Elijah in the Bible, teacher of Phileas, took a chariot to the heavens, Physically, they saw him go up into the sky physically. Then what? There must be some place up there where people meet physically. And Jesus ascended before the disciples physically, and they watched him as they say, in the Bible, go through the clouds. Correct? That's what it says in the Bible. You can change the Bible to make it suit your religious belief. But if you want to say literally, it says Jesus went up through the clouds, and his disciples watched him disappear into the clouds. He was in physical form. This was not from the cross, what they call it, when he uh, saw the spirits of Elijah and he saw the spirits of Moses and he had that transfiguration, as they call it, to transform one figure to another. And they said he was illuminated, but he was still physical. Because in order for you to be illuminated, you must have some physical. You can't light a light bulb without a filament. You need that filament inside there to get the light. Now, when the light comes out the bulb, it appears to be something untangible. But if you trace the light back, it cuts back to that bulb, cuts back to that filament, cuts back to those wires, cuts into that force, cuts into that electricity, which is physical. So there are beings there. We have got to come into that reality that there are beings with God. 
whether we want to call them angels or by whatever term that makes us feel good, if you want to call them extraterrestrials, if you like the color green and you call them little green men, that's your prerogative. That's your individual choice as long as you do acknowledge that there are beings with God. Now, in Africa, they may chose to acknowledge all of these beings and give them all separate names. And then we, as Christians, may look at them and say, that's paganism. And then they'll say, well, what about the saints? Or we'll say, well, that's different. We'll say, what's the difference? You got God the Father. We say, that's right, Heavenly Father. And Jesus the Son of God. We say, that's right. And the Blessed Mother Mary, they go, that's right. We say, and the Holy Ghost, we go, that's right. They say, well, that's four. We say, no, that's one. That's three and one, that's Trinity. They don't say, no, you may say it's three and one because that's what you want to be. But when we in Africa break our gods all up into a whole bunch of gods, then we say all of them are one. So if you go talk to an ancient Egyptian, he'll say all the gods come into one god, Atun. Right? You say, well, there's Amun Ra and there's Bethany. He'll say, yeah, but all of them are qualities of the one god. If you talk to a Muslim, you'll say, Allah is one. They say, we have 99 names. They say, yeah, well, all these are attributes or qualities of this one God. You see where the trick is coming in? Once we get into the reality that we at the third level of manifestation, that there's a higher level of beings, and then between us and those higher level of beings, there's angelic beings, and then it comes down to us who are physical and angelic beings. If Allah... So when beings came to this world, they had to be assured that their mission would be completed. So they had people that said, we're going to keep his body intact while he does this mission. So they made duplicates of him. And it sounds crazy today, but if I told you about a television on your wrist 10 years ago, you would have laughed. If I would have told you it was putting frozen food inside of a little box of electricity and pushing mint buttons, and in three minutes you have a meal, I would have told you that 45 years ago, you would have thought I was crazy. If I if I tell you there was going to be cloning people, you would have thought that was insane. All those things that appeared to be insane yesterday are realities now. Bringing people back to life. You know, people who die in the hospital, the doctors come in, there's no blood circulation, there's no pulse, the person is legally dead, the doctors walk out the room, pull the sheep over the patient's face. You know I mean? They're making a death report, come back in, the person is sitting up. They say I had a near-death experience. The doctor say, near my butt, you were dead. But how do they present that to the medical society? But there is no rules in the books for people who die and come back. Simply because this society haven't got that far as to mesh medical and religion. Because they won't marry the two, they don't leave room for those things. So they'll say, well, maybe they were dead. The person said, well, let I was floating around the room and tell people what they saw them doing during the period that they were laying there supposedly dead. They got to do what wrong. Well, we can't explain that right now, but we're sure in time we'll have an explanation. Well, of course. In time, they had television. I was living when there was no television. There was no thing about human beings walking around on a screen. My mother sitting right here. She was living when Jesus was living. 
how long do you want to live? Right now, you think you want to live forever, right? Right? But if you was Bob Hope's age, would you want to still live forever? Let's look at it this way. Now that they're on the borderline of communicating with the dead, and now it has been confirmed by certain scientists that there is some form of life after death. Correct? Now they have all these psychics out there that are proving beyond a shallow doubt that they have the ability to communicate with the dead. Well, that's what it scares me. Ask yourself, what happens once you know for a fact that when you die, relatives will pass away to bring you over? Think about it. How many times has any and every one of us decided, I'm fed up with this life, I don't want to live no more? Don't lie. Because everybody pretend you ain't got a little insanity is crazy. Almost everybody out here at one time or another got fed up with life and said, I just, just, just had it. You follow, but you're too punky, you commit suicide. If you thought of jumping in front of a train, it was going to hurt. So you're still here giving us a hard time. But suppose you knew, beyond a shadow of doubt, suppose you knew that once you pass, that your relatives, your greats are waiting for you, and they got a hand set, and they take you into a new world. Suppose they did this by communicating with you before you pass. You know what I'm saying? What would happen? For one... When an officer says, pull over. <laughs> Think about it. Pull over. You say, I say, get out of the car. Excuse me, my English. But I'm telling you what you're saying. No, I'm not getting out of the car. I'll shoot you. Whoa. <laughs> you know, you know, big deal. What about that time when all the bills... You know that time, right? And even those bills that we thought we were getting away with because they didn't give us the bill, and we was running that telephone up and it didn't never come and we like, damn, they forgot about me. And then just when we were on Dubai Street on the corner of Ain't Got Nothing, we <laughs> come this bill for three or four hundred dollars you got for the telephone company. Oh, this is a back bill for so and so. You're like, and then you get busted and you say, get somebody put it over the bridge and take a bear and kill over the media and more fly out. <laughs> I ain't got no money to buy no food. So I don't go over my girlfriend's house. I told my girlfriend and the guy beat us as well. You know what I'm saying? I just get down, go down there and go for a drive just to chill get out there and it's just empty. What the hell is going to get me? I don't want to live no more. Don't say you haven't been to that road before where you don't want to live no more. But if you had a certain, a confirmation that everything is going to be all right, this world would be a different place. The way people get in argument, there would be no such thing as road rage. There would be road incidents. That's all. Get out of the car. Come here. Get out of there. I got you. Thank you. And we're near that now. We're near that state of mind right now. We're starting to accept just by the technology. You know what I'm saying? Communication. Oh, they already passed life on other planets. But who are they saying 20 years ago? If I say there's life on Mars. You're crazy. Now they found life on Mars. Life on Jupiter. Not life on one planet, but life on more than one planet in our solar system. They found 
Five star constellation, system with three suns. Go on the internet, go look it up. Things that they say is impossible have become possible. So life after death, which has always been based on faith and belief, is no longer simply faith and belief. It's now possible and bending towards probable. And to some, confirmed. You with me? How will that affect us as human beings? So, to answer the question, they have gotten to the point where they realize now we as a people are developing spiritually to the point where we know there's a life after death. That we know that there is a really of Jesus Christ. That we know there was really angelic beings. Whatever name you use and whatever language you speak, whatever country you're influenced by is not what's important. The reality is important. We know it's real now. And our attitude towards life is changing. Attitude towards work is changing. Attitude towards people are changing. Follow that? And we're in that day and time now where anything is possible. Tomorrow we can flick on the television and pick the color something we never even imagined before. You know what I'm saying? So we're at that period of time where life and death are becoming one. And the system is afraid to face the reality of in what direction our minds will start to elevate. Will we become God? And does that change the definition of God when we become God? You follow? When we reach to that level of God, the perfection in God being his children, does God then raise to a higher level? And does that start another journey? Or does that end it? Or is that the beginning and was this a path towards a beginning? All these questions become something to talk about. Years ago, it was simply, is there life after death? Is there heaven or hell? Does God really exist? Is God there? Was Jesus a real person? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I explained to y'all, I explained to y'all before, you have two Jesuses in the Bible. I don't mean two Jesuses. Uh, we know there's three characters. Uh, two births of two Jesuses and two Marys in the Bible. You know? People don't want to hear that. No, no, no. My Mary is my Mary. I say, well, which one? The one that had a child in a manger or the one that had a child under a date palm tree in the desert? What are you talking about? That sounds crazy. Well, in uh, Matthews and them, they speak of the birth of a child in a manger. In the presence of wisdom. In the book of Revelation, they speak of a child born under a date palm tree in the wilderness with dragons waiting to kill them, which is true. Or, or they're both true. They'll say, well, that's, so, that's the mystery of God. I don't want the mystery of God. God said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make me free. I don't want the mystery. I want the facts. If you can't give me the facts, step down off the pulpit and let somebody who God inspires stand up there. Let somebody who has the answers be up there and get down. Stop the preaching and start the teaching. Stop trying to be a good person and just be a good teacher. And let people become good people themselves. Because what you are, you are. What you're going to be, you're going to be. Whatever is blown in you, it's like the truth. Whatever that is going to fertilize this ground enough, something's going to grow from here. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. I may not see it through. But Saying, but someone's going to go there. Every person here is a God in the making. 
And for no other reason than God said, I put my spirit inside you. God's spirit would be no more than a seed, because it wouldn't be God. I put my spirit in man, and man became what? But what's the catch word in between that? Man what? Became. He grew into. He changed into. He metamorphosized to become. I put my spirit into man, and man became a living soul. See, but we got God's time and our time mixed up. We think it became like past tense. We're still becoming. Because we're not a living soul yet, are we? What are we? We are a living body. Are we not? Now, take back some of you younger folk. Your grandparents, your grandfather. I used to put my grandfather's jacket on and I was buried in it. He wore like a 48. Grandma had hips. Half these women had like little string beans. Half of the men here, we ain't got shoulder span no more. We were about a, anywhere from a 40 to a 42. And that's man size. There's a man boy section for men size. <laughs> women are buying their role for the children section. Are we metamorphosizing? Are we becoming smaller as human beings? Yes. Just check some history. Check on our size shoe your grandfather wore. 15s. Average man now is wearing a 10, 9 and a half, 11 the most. Old folks were 15s, 12 going up. Are we changing? Yes. What are we becoming? We're becoming less physical and more mental. We talk about little midgets and little grades. We're almost there. Kids born out like these big old heads. Ain't too many little kids whose head match their shoulders. They're talking these big old tank heads. Something's changing. Kids' eyes are bright, born. When I was a child, kids wasn't born with hair. Kids wasn't born with nails. They had to wait two to three weeks before they got nails. Remember that? Now kids come out full, nails, some with teeth. Is this not a fact? I mean, we learned to grunt, you know what I mean? Pull, pull on one leg, then pull on two. Then move around and stuff, and then get up and stagger and fall. Children now come out and do this. <laughs> <laughs> They're walking. What does that mean? That means God's plan is still at work. We're behind time. Misinterpretation. People not looking at the word of God. And that's why I said in the beginning was the pay attention to the words of God, not the sentences of God. You can't even get past God's words, and here you are trying to interpret his sentences. Let's do it word by word. God breathed a breath of life. Got that? Into man. And man became a living soul. If we're now still a living body, we don't become a living soul until the body is dead. That's the path we're on. That's the journey we're taking to become a living soul, a conscious soul. And that's the reward. The reward is to pass out of this physical body and yet still be conscious. There are lost souls. There are people that die, as they say, and have no spiritual connection. They're gone. Some people don't dream. Some people don't dream. 
Some people don't believe in color. This is real. They don't have no spiritual connection. And when they pass, that's it. This is as far as they're going. Because they'll never make it to the state of a living soul. Man became a living soul. You may say, well, became is past tense. Past tense in our time or God's time. Because it says in the Bible, what? One day to God is like a thousand years. So his idea is past tense, and our idea of past tense is a great difference. What is the journey then? What is the path we're on? Huh? To become a living soul. And what happens when we become conscious of that? We become in tune with that reality that we're becoming a living soul. And we accept that reality. Then what? Then we're God. We talked about that. It's in uh, Wizard of Oz. The journey led to a little person behind a mask pretending to be God. Do you realize that's why they're married to an eye? You know, that's why they're married to Wabians, the Wabs, or whatever they call us, the You know why? Because they say, he says he's God. And then I realize they told me something in the Bible. When we said to Jesus, we're going to stone you because you say you are God. And Jesus said, is it not written in the law? I said, ye are God. They still try to stone him. They don't like us because of our consciousness, our connections with God. The reality we're starting to say, we are children of God. The Bible says God has children. And the sons of God are sort of daughters of man. So if there's sons of God on earth, and there's daughters of men on earth, who are the daughters of men? And what is their destiny? For the sons of God, destiny is to return to the bosom of God, to be with us and of God, to be one with God. That's our path. So there's some other people walking around the planet. Whose children are they? Huh? Children of the devil. That's uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It says, I put iniquity between your seed and her seed. And we're her seed. We're even Adam's seed. So the devil has a... People are walking that seed. Walking with you. Eating at the table with you. Working with you, flying next to you on the plane, sitting next to you in the car. He don't even know this fool got marijuana. He didn't tell you that when he got in the car. He knew it because he purchased it. He knew it was illegal when he got in the car with you. But he didn't have the time to tell you, I've got this marijuana with me and it's illegal. Because he was all the way. He said, we will get rid of my car. Then police pulled you over. And police said, let me get out of here. He's got like you're probably in this school, you Why are you going to go? This fool got the marijuana. You don't even know about it. Let me shut up. Get out of the car. They search him, and they see you know you're in jail. See, on the way, he said, man, they just messing with us. Man, this is racism. Man, this is harassment. Man, this is a... That was the devil sitting next to you. Now, you're looking for the devil to be right. That would make you feel so comfortable, so convenient to say, oh, all the white people are the devil and all black people are God. Crap. If you believe that white people came from black people, then you 
you teach this, black people that sit there on the planet first and archaeologists, paleontologists, and everybody agrees with that, right? Then if the white man is bad, he came out of you, then bad came out of you. So now who be the father of the devil? Who that is? <laughs> Talk real. Who it is? Came out you then, right? You want to face that reality? Can you tell the truth about yourself? Well, can you only tell the truth when it's others? When the black Muslims want to stand up and say, all white people are devil, and all black people are angels. Crap! I got some uncles I know the devil. Now, if I got uncles saying about me, I know that nigga devil. But then, then you'll feel that. But it's inside. The devil's walking with you every day. I'm trying to give you a message. Y'all who are aspiring here to become one with and as and of God, be on your guard against the nearest person to you. Smiling faces tell lies. Or what? The backstabbers. Watch out for that best friend. You understand? Anybody who wants to be your best friend has a purpose. Friends are not something you pick up along the way. Friendship comes from trust. How many people had people they thought were their friends and stabbed them in the back? I should say, how many people didn't? Because I know 99% of them did. And I trusted that person. And I would do anything for that person if they stabbed me right in my back. But you know what they tell you about a snake? Huh? You knew he was a snake when you picked him up. See, most of the time, that friend was the friend who had the connection. Or the fancy car. Or knew where all the pretty girls hung out. Knew how to get in the party. That friend had all the connections, and that's why you cling to that friend. That friend had the delicacy of the holics around him. Or her. That friend had money all the time. I like hanging out with him or her. They knew all the shop places to go with the best restaurants. You hear me? Now, when I posted that way, I put down my God. G-O-D. I put down my God. I became off God. And that's why I got stabbed in the back. And that's why I got betrayed. And that's why I got hurt. But if I stay on that one path of reality and face reality that tomorrow, anything can be said. And it might open up tomorrow's. Remember, it wasn't no nigga. Nobody blaming us for the guns on the street. You made it. And fought. Cowboys are tough guys because they can walk down the street and whoever gets their gun first is a good guy. So you taught people to go out and kill kids. Kill each other, too. And they still teach it today. While they're saying wrong, you can go to the matrix and watch them kill people. Now they got cartoons killing people, killing each other. Demons and gargoyles in the cartoons. But they don't want prayer in school. A boy can walk into school with a comic book called The Demons of Hell and Gargoyles, but if he has a Bible, the teacher tells him, don't open that Bible, you better not read it here. But he can sit in his desk and read a book on the demons. And we don't have a problem. We got a problem. We got a problem to solve. The only way we're going to solve it is where? Right inside here first. We got to solve it amongst ourselves first. 
We got to realize what we're up against. We got to realize that every time we turn on a television program, we are being programmed. And so is his people. But the difference is, they're the seed of the devil. Like Christ said, and he's a liar and a killer since the foundation of the earth. And they don't want you to keep that. The devil is a man. They want you to think the devil is off the hot sauce box. And he's a little red brother with a pitchfork, with horns. That's what they want you to think the devil is when the devil is on the train with you every day. And you see the devil in You watch that mean, malicious, racist side. But no one can see you really find yourself saying, I see you. And he said, that's it, that's, that's why. What? What the hell did I do? You? What the hell did I do? You, you children of Adam, condemn me to hell. And I want to repent. We have condemned him since the foundation of the world to hell eternal, and now he's in And now we get mad when he does that we say. And see them looking like, you don't really know, huh? I'm the devil, I'm supposed to do these things, you stupid. You go down there and get all dressed up in the morning. You the first one in line. You got all those credentials necessary. And you go in to get your job. You didn't grab your wages. Kissed all the blood you could. Did everything you're supposed to do. You know what I'm and there's a list of people waiting, he waiting, and he's just like, you know, I'm straight. Right? Go in there and they say, uh, sorry, man, you are overqualified. So, can a person be overqualified to do something? Can a chef be overqualified when he's cooking the food? Incorporated in 1966 in California and 
He's afraid of us coming together. He's afraid of the power that we generate when we get together. As we become in one whole, we start focusing our mind on anything. We start chanting on that thing that God happens in church, it happens in mosque, it happens in all religions. And God, I don't know whether you're a Christian or a Muslim. Muslims go with the XDS and the Christians are going to get the Holy Ghost the same power. It's not that the power is in you. But God says what? I bring my spirit into you and became a living soul. You ain't a man, you're a living soul. He's a man. You're a spirit. Incarnating. And you have the power to reject that energy. But you confine yourself to the body. And in that, you confine yourself to certain places in space and nothing. You've limited yourself by accepting the confinement to the body. When you can think right now, from here back to your house, go to your room, go to your bedroom. Make up that damn bed. Walk on out the room. Walk on to the kitchen. Stop and look around. See it? You are there and you are here at the same time. When you learn to control that mind power, you can send a powerful you and keep the you anywhere in the world or the universe. In that state, you cannot die. But if they can confine you by pain and suffering and fear to a bed where all your mind is based on getting up out that bed to die, you are bound to that spot. You are easily trapped in a space and time. The same way, like I said before, I focus the video game with you. And I fundamentally that life from that, that light. Go into that land and burn it down into the land that the like to stay there for a while and gradually fade away. Same thing happens with you and death, but you are an entity. The physical part of you makes the light. And then the soul of you is itself. That's why when people are conceived, they're conceived or walking what they say, light of God. They're in the womb of God. No man's hand can get his hand out of it. The devil has now put life in the womb. What is life? Chaos. And then he now has life in the womb. He's scaring the babies before they come in the world and introduce them to life. Of course, there's a couple of people here and there. Try to get a little path and see and you think you know what you're talking about. But the question comes up. What does a master make trade his being for? And they say, well, a past master trade his being for the son. That's the making. A master makes trade his when he becomes a past master and he plays it with the son. And he tells that son to follow. Follow that? But now, what state is the world in? Please. Don't ask me too quick. What state is the world in if it needs the sun to light it up? Look up there. It's black. Yet there are more suns out there than the one we see. 
light on in the dark. When you see a person, you know you don't really see the person. All you see is light reflecting off them. Please don't believe God's soul. Check it out. When you have everything you think you see, you don't really think. You see light reflecting off of them and it's giving you that thing. You see in darkness. You stay in the state of darkness. And God was in darkness when he said, let there be light. Okay, living light, seeing light, and staying light. You see, that's why it's Otherwise, you're not saved. But when you want to go to sleep, cut it off. When you should be unsaved, you should have the light on. You should have to be asleep and let the light on. You will soul be made. You should feel safe in darkness. You should feel comfy in darkness. You know why? Because when you are cold, what do you do? Now you fall up into a little knot, like a little baby, because you feel comfortable. And you know what that is? You know what that comfort does? When you see the womb of your mother in darkness, you are safe in darkness. They spent millions of dollars reversing that information to make you think life is safe. God is in darkness. Like this, the world is lit up. Correct? Let's think of two places, heaven and hell. I want you to give me, tell me something about hell. What's one of the first things that comes to your mind when I say hell? Fire. Is that darkness or light? So now, who's one of those things? Hell. The devil. Okay. And the hell and hell is in our lives. So the devil goes in and the light is the fire. So God must not dwell with the devil. So God must be light is only exists if kindled and stimulated by things on the physical plane. If there's no oxygen in the air, fire won't burn. Now, can God fire as well? So then God must not be in Fire, something ignited. God must dwell in not just God, but in simple God. Three states, three times, please, God. That's God, because you exist in darkness. So God's darkness got to be three stages darker than yours. So there, now this is it. Can God dwell in earth? Can this dwell? It's in the Bible. Can God dwell in earth? But when he's in earth, is he in light or is he in darkness? Let me go back to the Bible. And I'll stop before I go there by saying that you're conceived in the womb, in darkness. You're in the womb in darkness. God says, right, I put my spirit in to man, and man became a living soul. So God placed a portion of himself inside human beings. Really? And human beings walk in this world of life. And God is inside the human being, inside darkness. So even God in Christ on earth is still in the heart. 
put you in the middle of the room, pitch black, no sound, and your body will disappear. You become the room. You become boundless. Put you in a room. Got yourself ready? And pitch black means you know more. It is it is. You're in the center of the whole universe. No more. Everything and everybody is revolving around you. Because God is in you. And God is the center of the universe. So wherever you are, God is. And wherever God is, He's in the center of all things. So if I'm sitting in this side of the room, and you sitting on that side of the room, we're both in the center of the universe to each of us. That's how well God that's what they mean by God is all places, all times, everywhere. Wherever you are, God is. And God speaks to you too. Whenever you get ready to do the wrong thing, you say, What is a little voice? I have a little voice. That's a big voice, nigga. You just don't listen. Tell me, don't do that. Don't take that. Don't smoke that. Don't put that needle in your Don't feel that. Then another voice, your voice, the voice of life is gone. There's frequency take one. There's never even known. So God walks with you all the time. And Christ said, What is it? Is it not written in your Y'all can stay with me. 
If you could pronounce God's name, then you would have mastered a part of God. Even down to the fact that you're able to pronounce his name and thus gain attention. He would no longer be moving at his own will, he'll be moving at your command. Yes, by virtue of the fact that you know his name. You get it? Did I lose anybody? Like I say again, one more time. If you know God's name, this is Sharonda. If I went on that side of him and I said, Sharonda, and you'd be at my command because I threw out a stone that represents you. So you would have surrendered to my call. Right. Religious people would like to make you believe that the way you contact God is that you say, Allah, Jesus,
Despite being very strange, God had to ask 
and he answered, I am walking to and fro in earth. And God is weak. God says, wait. He's not watching all things all the time. That's a frightening thought after what I've been taught all my life. That I might be not be in right now. God might be doing something else. I say, yes, and not looking at me, and I need him. But I might explain why babies fall out of witness and God don't catch them. That might be the answer. God don't have full attention on you. Now why wouldn't God have full attention on you? Because God is in you. And you're not keeping the light of God out of the dark to watch this world. You have cut out the light. You're not conscious of the presence of God in you. You are afraid that reality, but with that reality comes responsibility you don't want. You don't want to be responsible for all the stuff that's taking place in the world, God. So it's much easier to put God off in a remote place, out of reach, and look up to worship. Yeah. It's much easier than traveling inside and finding the seat of God inside let me focus me out. It's so much or so, so much secure for me to say, you know, God is up in heaven. And when someone says, where? How far? What blasphemy? Don't you question God. God is just beyond the question. But he said he put himself in me. Is he in me if he said it? If he said it, and he said it, then he's in me. So when you see me, you I think I heard a man say, when you see me, you see God. And they love me for it. But when I say it, I'm blasphemy. If you say it, you just say the thing. You say, God, you say, no, I'm not God. When you see me, you see God. Boy, you pray. But I can go to the Bible and Jesus said, you see me, you got to do this thing. What happened? The manifestation of devil's power on earth moves through us, controls our emotions and our thinking, and has clipped the connection we have with God inside, making us look for God outside. And looking for God outside is limiting God because it's saying he's in a specific place somewhere. And they call it a place. And yes, he's in heaven. Have you ever went to a dictionary and looked up the word heaven to find out what it means, really? No. Most people have it. Heaven is not one of the derivatives of the word haven. You know what that is? A marina. You know what a marina is? Where the ships stop. So when you say heaven, you're saying a place where the ships go. Look it up some music dictionary. So you say God in heaven. He arrives there. From where? In what? You know what they're talking about? They're talking about their version of God leaving earth and ascending into heaven. They're not talking about God the Father. They're talking about God the Son when they speak of God being in heaven. I'm going to tell you why. When we why? Well, God would not be in heaven. God would be heaven. Because if God was in heaven, God would be inside something. And God cannot be behind any one.
Harus ada pengawasan yang kuat. So that God can manage. And God can uh, offer. And God can uh, act. And God can cancel. And God can heart attack. Amen. God can... Huh? Oh, I said, 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 did man stop being God in his purity and did God in his waiting, decrepit, falling apart, all aiming straight down, just falling over the world? Where did it happen? When did the pain of our lives come in? For God, God of our lives? It came in when you fell from grace. That's how you know you're in hell. Because you start off with this child. She is as healthy as she can be. Her bones are good, her eyes are good, her teeth are good, her feet are Feeding up the process, her organs are all good and healthy. But then, what happens? They start to kill her. One of those great. This series of tapes, Inflammation versus Misformation, were recorded from classes given this year by Dr. Malachi York, known to us as the Supreme Grandmaster Naya Malachi Zoduck L, our own Pharaoh, Amanubiru Akatar. And now, listen with an open mind and heart as our Grandmaster inflames you with only the truth. Allow your inner light to flow again and stomp out misformation with only the facts. And now, listen to the Supreme Grandmaster Naya Malachi Zoduck L.
if they understood the Bible as a form of serpent activity, because the serpent is supposed to have a hiss. Yeah, so, so what happened is they had to change it from whisperer to snake. And then, of course, uh, they supported with on his belly shall he go. But for the rest of the days, but they keep forgetting that that's an that's a, uh, admission that he was on, on his feet first. And they don't have on their records in their history of a period of time when snakes were walking. Though they go back to Babylon, Shinar, and they see on the wall a picture of a, a serpent with legs. But that period is called prehistory. So he only deals with history. Those things that happen on this side of things. You know what I'm So it was, it was considered a symbol of um, power and authority in ancient uh, Egypt. Right? Yeah, in the back. It should be hard to hear you, but I'm going to try. It says that uh,
Because of earthquakes, the Quran speaks about Zilzal, the shaking of the earth, the Aviat, the rising form of the horsemen. All through history, they keep saying that when this most high power decides to take vengeance on mortals, they tell you it's going to be through nature. And now that we're living in a day of that great and dreadful day of the Lord, everybody is asking the same question. What's going on? Well, what do you expect God to do? You expect God to do what Christians after Jesus had already left, started teaching. See, they were, they, what they were doing, they were creating the expectation philosophy. The expectation philosophy breeds people not getting up and making things happen right now. Islam teaches it, Judaism teaches it, and Christianity teaches it. Expectation philosophy is, I am expecting my Lord and Jesus Christ to come one day and solve all the problems. So meanwhile, you can kick me in the butt. I'll just turn the other seat. Muslims are saying, he's adding up for the law, he was right. One day this help from Allah is going to come, that's going to be our victory. You see the expectation philosophy, unrealistic. And now that the power of nature, of which all of them agree, has something to do with the creation of human beings insofar as they'll say in Islam, well, man was created from mud. Correct? Or dust. That's earth. There's no place on the planet earth where you can walk over and grab a handful of dirt, put it under a microscope, and not already find living bacteria. There's no place where you can find dust and put it under a microscope and not find living bacteria. So according to the Muslim world and the Christian world, when God created man with dust to the ground or from the mud of the earth, God wasn't creating the life. God was creating the body. The life was already there in the dust and the mud. Because again, I say, there's no place on the planet where you can grab a handful of dirt and put it up under a mic and you won't find some type of living bacteria. Even 6,000 years ago. Or better yet, 4,004, which is the Christian calendar calculation. You know what I'm Life was already there. Who put that there? Who created that form of life? What they're saying is shaped and formed, fashioned and shaped, man or mortal of the dust or mud of the ground. But the life was already in it. That is working with nature. That nature had already provided life in the mud. Life is in the water. There's no water anywhere where you can put a tube of water, take it and put it under a microscope. What will you see? you see life again. So if God took the dirt and the water, life and life, water, female, earth, man, that's why earth in the Bible is called Adama, male. Male and female created he, them. Woman is the water, man is the earth. They got it backwards. Put them together and form mud. Two forms of life came together there. Or two, two forms of matter that contain life were brought together for a greater purpose. You follow that? That was nature at work. They can say or imply that a God reached down and did it with his own hands, they feel like. But then we'll get into the yeah, hand. Well, no, he didn't have hands. Um, he just willed it into happening. He thought it, and the mud came together and started shaping. So he had a preconception of what it would be shaped like. He had a mind. Um, no, see, God don't have to do that. See, God could just 
Imagine things like kun by a kun, thinking into existence they come. We think so. Though if he has to stop to think, there's a point when he's not thinking. If he had to think of the kind the idea of creating a human being, he had to say, I'm going to let us make a man. So what was he thinking the day before that? <laughs> what was he thinking before he thought of creating man on behalf of mortals, I mean? Was he just there by himself? If nobody else is there with you, what would you be thinking about? If none of the things you understand or understand have been created yet, what would you reflect on? Could you have an active subconscious mind? Could you have an active subconscious mind? A subconscious mind is where you store information. Could you have an active subconscious mind to store information before information was formed? With me? What, is, what was this God doing? What was the law of what God was doing before he said, let us talk now, Alan Phantom, and whatever. But his Quran changes what means mud, then it's clay, then it's, mess, then it's water, then it's from a some single male and female, then it's from a chronic and delicate, whatever, whatever. Whatever prophet or poet wrote it. What was he thinking? Or what was he discussing with his wife the night before? Oh, I forgot. He doesn't have a wife. And he doesn't have any children. So he was sitting somewhere with his hands. <laughs> it had nothing to do with the hands. So he said to himself, let up. <laughs> Holding up his hands and creating his own trinity. Let up. Me, you, you, and me. Make a man. In our image. And he blew into man. The breath of life, and man jumped up a living soul. How long? How long are we going to be believing this crap? When are you going to give this back to him and laugh and say, Nice to come? Just like you get, go back to the video store and you turn back in videos, it's time to turn back in the video called His Story. Say it was a nice story. Thank you. I read this video. I took it home. We watched it. It impressed me. I had moments in it where I believed it. It ended. The time it came up, here. Because as the sisters asking me, what about all these tornadoes and things? Because their book of Revelation didn't tell them about that. Their book of Revelation tells them, wait for the craft to come. What about the people that are getting whipped up by nature right now before Jesus gets back? They go to church Sunday faithfully. But tornadoes don't pick Friday nights to come. Or Monday morning, tornadoes come, and they didn't prepare us for that. That's why you're asking. It's happening all over the world. They're flooded in London. They're flooded in Germany. They're flooding the tornadoes. The volcano that's been dormant for thousands of years just erupted. They didn't prepare us for that. But have you noticed that it has not really affected us? That we are where we're supposed to be. It wouldn't be bothering us. 
if we were if we are in the wrong environment at the wrong time with the wrong people, I don't care whether it's a bus, truck, or plane. I was talking to a lady yesterday in the store, and I said, I don't know about all this flying, because, you know, nine planes came down last week alone. She said, hell, the planes have fell on somebody who was on the ground. I said, that's true. <laughs> and then point, she was like, you don't have to be in a plane to die. What about the people that was on the ground when the plane came down? I said, that's the reality of it. That's true. So nature is doing this. You know why? Because it's our time. We should not be worried. Rain, most of y'all have kept sitting here. And we're going to start smelling like dogs, either. Let <laughs> me give them a drip. It's our time. We work with nature. You with me? The Bible, the Quran, and all of those silly little books, that video we rented from them. Some 2,000 years ago, we, went, we got to went to the store and said, yo, can I get that video on uh, a white daughter came to earth to save everybody? We took that video home called a video called Our Lord Jesus Christ. We popped it into the, into the video recorder of our heart. And we sat down, we absorbed that crap, and we've been waiting ever since. If you're a Christian, you're saying, you shouldn't be talking about love like that. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about fools. And you're the fool. You wouldn't be sitting there. You came out here to find out what about that video, Jesus Christ. A whole bunch of Muslims popped in a video called Muhammad the Arabian Prophet is the answer to all the Negroes' problems. And they slide that video in your heart. A whole bunch of Hebrew Israelites in Israelite church took another one and said, We are the children of Israel, and Yahweh is the answer to all the Negroes' problems. And they slid that video inside their church. But the video ends. But time don't. Christianity is going out. Islam is failed. You with me? Judaism is gone. But time hasn't. And we have withstood all the crap. And now we're saying, okay, tell us the truth. Movie's over. The night movie had a little drama, had some lust in it. Read the Bible. It's just got sex, it's got what? Violence, it's got all the things a good movie has, and he's Steven Spielberg does. But it's over. It doesn't apply to us no more. And now Mother Nature is showing everybody on the planet who's the boss. The baddest military in the world. They couldn't do nothing about them tornadoes. They went through military bases flipping planes. Whether it's in China, and they think they're sophisticated, or Russia, who thought they were sophisticated, or America, who thought they had sophisticated military capability. Mother Nature goes to the airport with tornadoes and flips over planes. Topples boats or, or massive ships. People are walking around the street now thinking they did not have the answer to any force other than themselves. When they got fed up with the guard principles, they went into the self principles. But a force steps in and says, you may have given that video back on Jesus Christ, that video back on the Muhammad crap, but you still got to deal with the breath of life. You follow that? And, and what do they do? They remind you that you ain't as bad as you think you are. Because you worry. You worry your house might be next. And all the crosses and the crescents and all the Korans and the Bibles in them houses, churches be getting snatched up by nature. Nature don't come down the block 
and look at the Baptist or the Pentecostal church and say, well, I'm just going to leave that one alone. They can come down the street, knock up churches, bars, discos, health bars, hospitals. Nature doesn't respect crap. Nature only respects nature when it responds. And we're in the same time where they're trying to suppress the reality that nature is at work. And there is no more room for the crap, the tribute, or the silly religions of expectation. You know how long you've been waiting for Jesus? Everybody here has a relative, more than likely, that belongs to one of the mono, mono god of ignorance and arrogance, if you look it up. One of the monotheos, the Greek pluralization for God, theory, one of the monotheistic religions. Your grandmother or great-grandmother believed that Jesus was going to come save her. I remember hearing Herbert W. Armstrong on television, the plain truth, say, I know I'm going to live to see Christ return. He's dead. He didn't see his kind of Christ come. The kind of Christ Christianity is looking for. This is the expectation religion. You understand what I'm saying? I want you all to get that in your head so you can kick it back out there. You got to sitting around in the world of illusion. Muslims in mob making Salah a victim to Allah. <laughs> Every now and then, my Still, they go to Mecca and die. Still, they plan a plan. They plan a plan, and Jesus plans a plan, and Jesus is the best of plans. In so far as the plans that the Arabs had in New York last week to blow up some buildings was abruptly right blocked by Christians. Christian FBI ran in and shot two Muslims up and stopped them from doing their bombing in the name of Islam. Is that right? Without the media? Are them niggas laying in the hospital below them? Did the bombing stop? So instead of saying they plan a plan and Allah plans a plan and Allah is the best of planets, you got to change that around now. You got to say, we plan a plan. <laughs> And the FBI planned the plan, and the FBI was the best in planning. The FBI is more powerful than the law, because the Muslims did not succeed. And they were moving in the name of an all-powerful, unstoppable God. Could anybody have stopped that? No. Would the old Sheikh be in jail doing life if he was following his God, and his God was a good God? and a powerful, all-knowing God. Would his blood be in jail doing life in America in a Christian jail? Would his, would his, I his father be in jail? Hello? You know, not, hello, wake up, Muslims. Your God is dead. Your God does not respond to you. You get no help. There's no not the law anymore. Now, if you pick up the Holy Quran and you start to read it, you might hear Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to make you feel good, that he got help from Allah. When did it stop? You know what I'm saying? If you read the Islamic studies here, histories of Islam, and trace it all out, you go back, of course, 
<laughs> he would have never known who you were talking about. So that's where that died. But now, these videos you sell us are rewritten stories that I'm supposed to accept on what you call faith and live in a world of expectation until I die. Jesus is coming. My grandmother said Jesus is coming. My great-grandmother said Jesus is coming. And on the other side of my family, they were Muslims, and they were saying the same thing about the Mahdi and the Messiah, the Messiah. He's coming. Generation passed, and he did not come. Believe you me, the fools in church right now saying, the day on Sunday, Jesus is coming. They still believe it. Jesus said to you, in St. John, you see me in a little while. We're 2,000 years away. Jesus' concept of a little while in most people is real different. <laughs> Muhammad said, surely the help is near. In the mouth of Allah, he's even. Surely the help is near. Muhammad said that 1,400 years ago. Muslims are still getting beat up. Starving. Christians are starving. They want to hide Jimmy Swagger. Now you ain't hiding Jimmy Swagger. Pull Jimmy Swagger about a minute so we can talk about him. Jimmy Swagger had a whole population of us believing that he was right. Jimmy Swagger had his hand in somebody's pocket swagging the stuff out. He got caught in a hotel with some little girl. Now you want to hide that that's Christianity. Jim Baker, another one. You bet with me? You want to hide that Jim Baker was all homosexual Stealing money from people in the name of the Lord. All I'm saying is, why should I trust you now? Why should I trust any more of you? You understand? Farrakhan changed a million man march into a million dollar march. Sticking the money in his pocket. Why should I trust Farrakhan? I can't question him. I can't question your preacher without you getting mad at me. Let me ask your friend, your minister, some questions to see how he handles it. You want me to ask you a good question? Want something new? Let's do it, huh? Here's a new one for you. That's the Christian that is you. I know you recognize that as him. Right? I know you recognize this one. As Mizraim, correct? Who was Ham in the Bible and who was Mizraim in the Bible? Talk to me. Huh? That's right. Of Noah, according to the Bible, there was a great flood, and the whole world, except for Noah and his family, was destroyed, drowned. Is that correct? Everybody on the planet Earth was drowned in Noah's time. This is what your religion teaches you. Walking. All right. Now, Noah, as they say, became the father of Shem, Ham, and Jephthah, three sons. Right? After the flood, there should be nobody on the planet now but Ham and his family. I want you to keep that in your head now. Everything else is dead. Drowned. No more, there's no civilization. Nothing. Okay? This man, Noah's son, Ham, with the Egyptologist, Ham, with the Egyptologist who think they know what they're talking about in America, they're calling Kenneth. 
Somebody's lying. 
Then the Pharaoh was taken 
And now the night is coming for a new sun cycle. You follow that? And everybody knows. If everybody can feel that something is happening in the world. All over the world. Somebody up there saying, keep the planes out of my sky. If I wanted y'all to fly, I would give y'all wings. Now, he's so compassionate to serve. He doesn't kill everybody that goes up. But there's not a place on the planet where a plane has gone up where somebody didn't crash. But we so dumb, we bungee jump even after the glory box. <laughs> so people are still flying. Both are thinking. So now, because that's not affecting you, the powers of the ancestors, the ancient ones, are now moving inland and knocking on your door. And houses are floating away. Not houses in ghettos only. Mansions are rolling down the hill. Rich people who thought they had it together. They're watching their house float away. Watching, they're watching everything that they thought was important in this world. All the mundane, all the material things float down the road under the power of nature. Because those people that rule are unjust. They are unfair. They don't play fair. And that put most people in a position where there's nothing you can do about it as an individual. You understand? You're caught or locked in a system where you click on a television and they program you with programs. You understand? You got some tapes or some samples already stored inside the tape recorder before you put the disc in. So forces of nature have to step in on the part of those that want to do right. And they'll start making you feel good. All the new age people. What is a new age being? It means they're fed up with the old damn age. They're fed up with that crap. They're fed up with trusting our, our politicians. We're trusting our leaders and our preachers. We're fed up with that crap. All we want to hell to do is get along. Half of the white people didn't like what happened to Rodney King. And half of the black people like myself knew, knew OJ was guilty. But could we sit down, us and all have that kind of intelligence and meet? No, because we don't control the media. Those who want to control our emotions control the media. And they wanted to make you think that all black people was for OJ killing those people. About that, and make us think that all white people was for those handful of cops beating up Rodney King. And that's keeping things the way they want. That's business. That's the devil at work. You hear me? But how long? How long? Nature is stepping in and kicking ass. Nature is mopping this place up. Everybody knows they set something. But they come out here and say to us, we hear that your leader teaches that y'all believe that a craft is going to come out the sky and save y'all. Do y'all? I got, I'm crazy for that. I went to book of Revelation chapter 21 and go, <laughs> and it says there's going to be a ship coming out the sky and Jesus is in the ship. This ship has doors in it, floors in it. It has doors for people's name like it's a fiesta. All the disciples got their private room in this room, in this crystal city, with their name on the door. Right in the Bible. It says it's coming down out of heaven. 
Ram. Oh, Billy Ram. Or Reverend Price. Ain't that what name for a preacher, Reverend Price? That alone was like me. I know I know I have a Price that got something to do with money. But oh, Reverend Price, do you believe in the Bible? Yes or no? I don't want no philosophy. I don't want no fear, no interpretation. I want to know, do you believe in the Bible, the Word of God, from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation? Do you or don't you believe in the Bible? That's all I want to know. <laughs> you got the Bible up, you beat me with the Bible, I go to jail, you make me put my hand on the Bible on my way out. I get the Bible when I'm dying, you got a guy reading the Bible when my baby's born, you're trying to read the Bible. Hell, I've been beat up with the Bible so damn much, all I want to know is the all believe it. Hip-hop with 
on this side of intellect, like the body. And the way it teaches them is to teach them about the life. The light of the knowledge, the light of the intelligence, the light of the God, the light Someone in the world that blind for the physical mind starts to move. Speaking of dominance, the mind starts to speed up, starts to race. What's going on? 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 The blindfold, then the blind. And hit him with the light of cremation. And start giving the pictures of cremation. And start giving the tools of cremation. And he put the Bible in there. And he turns down the earth. And he opened the Bible. He did it in conscious and spirit. And he looked down and said, Give me the feet, they touch. And he looked down. And I said, You can't if you surround me with that. And go into the human community touch. And you have the person look down, he comes down, he looks down. Looking away from the three candies to represent the three sons in your life that that he is blind with other life. And that life is an opportunity for how to fulfill this fire with God can. And he shakes him from a ground until we are married. You understand? So in our world. All the symbolism is all tools that we use all are geared towards being able to see the dark and avoid the being of the light. Act 2, Act 2, 
and it's going to be breezy with 70 degrees Thursday, so that by the time you take the garment from fresh air, the get the rest of the time to be just blown back into the rain. You see what I'm saying? So, it's not best to sleep in the dark or light or light or dark. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
and then you start to make that transit state. If you go all the way around to walk, you feel with me? Then you can get a new boost. Just like when you're extremely tired, you go to stay there for two days. You find out that the 48 hour, you get the 24 hour, you get a boost. And you get this, what do call a second breath. The body will be working on eating. Now, you're no longer working on blood. That extra boost you get from those kidney tired and crying on the other side of the cup. Oh, you can serve the way that God will have the power. That's good in the When you learn to take things down and do it, that is that eat yourself. If I want to do it with when you get down from blood, you learn to vibrate there, then it's easy for me to take. Because on the other side of this one, I did existence. Start going into it. And all the way up to eight. When you get to in the early sense, or in the early sense, it's from high into eight. And eight is You see that? Our gas is small. So when we go down, And what guilt will make 
versus misformation were recorded from classes given this year by Dr. Malachi Z. York, known to us as the Supreme Grandmaster Naya Malachi Zodek L, our own Pharaoh, Amanubia Ruakatar. And now, listen with an open mind and heart as our Grandmaster inflames you with only the truth. Allow your inner light to flow again and stomp out misformation with only the facts. And now, listen to the Supreme Grandmaster Naya Malachi Zodek L. <laughs> Very long. And his garb was like, um, like a 
pure, like sheep skin, like the type of um, garb he had around it, the inscriptions um, on it. You know, I, all I can remember is how the beads were, the white beads, and the emblem he used to have on his chest, and the feathers. And he used to like tell a story. You know, as a little girl, you just don't remember like the um, the, um, the essence of it, but you remember. You know, it's like I remember it, but I just can't remember the true meaning behind it. Everything he used to show us and teach us, you know, growing up. And and he passed away like in the 70s, so it's been some time, but I still remember it from that time as a little girl, having you know him coming around every summer and seeing just how beautiful his garb was and how strong he was. His voice was strong too. His voice was like well, the same color. People, uh, people have to begin to realize here that uh, you're all the Native Americans and that. Uh, Africans, a lot of it was a myth. Not all of it. There are Africans here. But the majority of y'all are not Africans. You're Native Americans. You are here. This is your country. And they would like to make you think that everybody came from Africa so that they can solve it with the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, pass bills like affirmative action, and then remove them whenever they feel like it. But as indigenous people, when you start, uh, when you start proclaiming Right, your indigenous rights to the land, and you can prove it with documents and deeds. Like you said, you got a reflection in your mind of your grandfather, and he was definitely standing there, a Native American. But for years, you'll be taught to direct your attention towards being African or Asiatic or Arab and a whole bunch of other things. And that's done intentionally. And that's, I mean, that's a safeguard on the part of the people right now that have, that have the country under control. Because once you start, uh, Realizing your true identity and you start making uh, connections with foreign governments, and like we say, uh, indigenous people of Geneva, and you start putting your indigenous rights before the public worldwide, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing they can do about the information we're putting out, we're verified. I mean, they're trying to say the all match Orientals, and Ray Charles can see that the all match are not Orientals. I mean, they need that, but uh, it's not going to work. The time has come. We're raising it. It's too bad. But uh, you have to get this African thing out your mind. That's not real. You follow? Yes, yes. Okay, so then uh, when I have a son that's in college now. So then if I am aware of all that and I knew everything behind it, then he could have a scholarship for uh, Native Americans? Yes, he could. But, he, but we shouldn't do that. Right? We should, we should provide, our, according to um, Indigenous people's rights, which is act in the past, we're supposed to provide our own education. We're not supposed to be going to him to get educated. We're supposed to have our own education in our own language. And, follow, and if we were uh, what you call enslaved, as they say, that led us to need these uh, documents and certificates that they issue in order to get jobs, follow, then that's a handicap. Because we as a people need to go back to the land so we don't have to feel we have to go into industry or in, into, the, into their government for support. We have to learn to support ourselves. We have to learn to build and so I'm not saying that your son's degrees are worthless because I have degrees also. I'm saying, but as Native Americans, if we're going to make that right, if we're going to hold up that constitution and going to say, listen, listen, according to what, you, what you've written or copied, you don't play fair. Your father, if, I take a, if we take some statistics today and just look at the world, or let's say the Western world, the Caribbean, the Puerto Rico, Cuba, and we just look at where we are as a people and see how we're being treated and find out if we're being treated fair. And the Lord says, if you're not being treated fair, you have the right to go and make a private election 
and elect your own leadership and set up your own government. You're allowed to, for what they call peaceful assembly. They can't stop, they can't stop us from coming together like this and starting to organize for ourselves because I don't feel safe with the incident that took place in New York a couple of days ago, which is, like the brother said, which is not an isolated incident, the, firm, the famous terminology that they use. I said, this is, this is getting pathetic. Rodney King is pathetic. The young brother got strangled to death by accident in Chicago. You know what I mean? It's pathetic. And the young brother got shot in front of the motorcycle store a couple of, uh, uh, last year in Atlanta, one of the twins. Your father, I am no longer safe in your hands. You have years and years of jealousy and envy of me that you created, and now you abuse me. Your father, and you take my name, Yamasi, my natural instinct toward being gentle as a weakness because I don't retaliate. So my first approach is to give you back your stuff, your father, that, and set up my own stuff. I have a right to move around this land wherever I want. That's law. I have a right to set up on this land wherever I want. No one can hinder you from moving and traveling. You have a right to a nationality. That's law. These are things that's in the Constitution so you learn them. You have a right to stand up and say that you are an ice cream sandwich. And it's law. If you, if you claim that as your nationality. You follow that? However, we do have a nationality that they did such a good deal of lying and burying that it makes it very difficult when we go to the library to find the facts. They buried it so well. And now it's time to bring it forward because we tried to cooperate with you. We tried to work with you. We went, Many of us did go through the system, did graduate from college, do have degrees, and still couldn't get a job. Many of us got arrested, and we didn't get fair treatment. Just us, like you said, meant just that, just us, them. We, it's not like we, all of us as a race, decided to rebel. To this very day, 75% of the black population, as they call us, are still trying to cooperate, literally still bending over, kissing butts. And the 25% of us that are trying to set up are made to look like we're some type of troublemakers. Because I'm not sending my daughters and sons to public school so they can get shot in an environment that you can't control. And your best resource is, well, give us more tax money an institution that does not really or legally exist. You volunteer your tax, and now they enslave you with them. And then I pay the tax, and the brother who from Haiti who got beat up and sodomized was probably paying tax also. So he paid them to do that to him. Why? Because we have nothing to do with the psychological evaluation of those people that are in office. They get in office by them voting each other in. Then we find out when they get in office of all the things they did. We found out once Nixon was in office that he was a crook. When are we going to start getting a psychological profile so we can analyze the people that's going to represent us? Not because he gets up and gives us a speech. The bottom of yeah, a strong financial campaign. But when do I get a chance to find out whether the guy in charge, let's say the chief of police, when do I get a chance to investigate him? Find out who his sons and daughters are, what they do, where they go to school. Are they criminals? We only find out way after. After they what? Done damage to us. And then when we finally say, listen, I don't have anything against my country. Stop saying go back to Africa. Go back to Africa. Go back to Europe. Go back to Africa. I ain't got nothing. This is my country. I ain't got nothing. I got 
something against the people that are misusing the country and misusing me. I should not have to fear if a police officer pulls up behind me while I'm on the road. If I say, well, my safety dog is on. I'm doing 55 miles now. I know my, maybe my headlight on. You know what I mean? I can just about minimize why I'm being pulled over. But if I'm sitting there and I'm starting to get an adrenaline rush because I don't know what to expect to get flashback of Rodney King, is the man that's coming with this time in the uniform, is this a devil pretending he's a human and he wants to kill me? Is there an underlying society that has a quota that says we must have a Rodney incident every certain amount of months to keep fear instilled? But I can't believe, I know you can't either, that the officers in New York could ever imagine that they were going to get away with that. Not if they, not if they, not if they kidnapped him or accosted him or taken him from a party. If they took this individual out of a party, then people were there, not the party generally me. And then they do what they've done to him and nobody's supposed to see it? No. Uh-uh. They knew that was going to make public. They knew that was going to make media. It is supposed to make media. It's supposed to instill fear of the uniform. It's supposed to make me and you afraid of them. So they can walk up and do anything between that and their indoctrination of Christianity or turn the other cheek. As long as I get out of the situation, I forget the abuse. You understand? Now they're talking about how much money this boy should get. Money. I tell you, six months from now, there'll be another incident. And they're going to start getting closer and closer because it's a, t- it's a fair tactic. There is an organization. And that cop out there with um, OJ, Berman, belonged to that organization. And there's an international connection that they have. And our officers, the Nubian officers, don't even have a clue of it. Because they are being abused in the police department. They don't get an equal, they don't get equal rank. Same thing in the military. Nuwapians in the military don't get equal rank. In the Board of Education, you don't get equal rank. You follow? So they'll probably petition for no ill, petition for equal rights. For what? It's not like I'm going to get it. So in view of the fact that I'm not allowed to express myself intellectually, agriculturally, vocationally, whatever you say, sign for me to pull aside and show you what's inside my mind. Because if I look to see what's inside your mind, then I'll go downtown Atlanta and I'll look at your architects and the structures they built and I'll see demagogues and demons looking off the buildings at me. If I go to New York down on Wall Street or Philadelphia, I see demons and demagogues and things bearing down off of cathedrals even, churches even got them. You're telling me right there what is inside your, your soul. The artist is the expression of the people. You with me? What the artist paints tells you what the people feel inside. You hear me? But now when I get a free hand, meaning us, we got a free hand to build out here. Look what we did. Any demons and demagogues looking down off the building? No, just us. You know what they'll do? They'll drive by here. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about my Christian brothers and sisters. They'll drive by here. 
And they'll look up and they'll say, those people are pagans. I see statues of Egyptian images and Exodus says, do not make graven images and likeness and you know what I mean? They get people saying, they're some kind of a paganistic, ritualistic cult thing out there, uh, maybe. <laughs> you follow? And I turn around and say, well, excuse me, sir. But when I go to Washington, D.C., I see Abraham Lincoln sitting in a chair like Ramesses III. A big old monument that you tell everybody to go see. And all the Christians don't realize that that's idol worship. I said, when well, you flip a dollar bill out your pocket and start looking at all of the pictures of them dead presidents, aren't those graven images? And if man was made in the image and after the likeness of God, then any man's image you duplicate is in violation of do not make any graven images. So now, I want anybody here from any city that they construct to tell me a city you live in where there is no monument. They even got a rabbit down here in town. <laughs> All the Christians should be saying, this rabbit has got to go. Because it's a violation. You and me. It's a violation of the holy book of the Bible, of Exodus, where God says that he is a jealous God. And that you should have, not picture that, by the way, and that you should have no other God before me. In the heavens above, on the earth, or beneath the earth. He went all the way. God took it all the way. That one done flying, walking, or swimming, looking like me. You understand? They come out here and see me on the wall, and then see me looking at me. And I didn't carve an image of me, and in the likeness of me, I say I'm God, and they get mad. You follow? They call me a pagan. Some people out there pagans. Look at Isis standing there. There's more to Isis than that statue. She's also body beautiful. Your father is something to go into the girl's mind. The image of a goddess standing there that looks like her. All these little kids here. If that bothers you, then give us one Negro for every white person on the dollar bill. And let's go around each city, in every place you got statues of uh, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Paine, and over there in Stone Mountain, honey, <laughs> you got a whole wall of killers up there. A whole bunch of mass people who are massacring human beings, and you make it a monument, and the Christian world cannot see that there are people from the Confederates that worship those men. They have parades for them and holidays for them. And they dress up like them. They put on old gray suits and ride down the streets in horses. You know what that is? That's idol worship. Whether it's idol or idol, it's still a violation of your scripture. You're going to drive by here and say, we're pagans? Because I want to look in a mirror and see me? Because you want me to look in a mirror and see you? They got women standing in the mirror with nappy hair doing it there? Trying <laughs> to throw it back over their ear, bleaching it, blowing it, burning it, straightening it, flying it, electrifying it, microwaving it, sexing it, teasing it, teasing it. What else? Touch up, touch down. They go up, they go down. They want me and you to look in a mirror, but don't see us to see them. 
and to see them as beautiful. They want me and you, and I'm talking about the religious sector, they want me and you to see God in their image and after their likeness and subliminally not realize that I'm seeing myself with that as a devil. You follow that? As long as I continue to follow this guy. This is the devil. The Bible. So the devil of battle. You follow what I'm saying? They want that. They need that. But when this day and time comes, and it comes, 25,000 years, believe it or not, is not a long time that people have existed over 17 trillion years. Anybody who's only existed for, existed for 6,000 years, 25,000 years seems like a long time to them. We've been around a long time. We done evoluted in every different direction and came back to what we look like. He's still moving in one direction, dying out daily. But he must maintain a certain amount of control. And he does it through religion. And where he misses religion, he does it through the cinema or the movies. Where he misses that, he does it through the radio. And where he does that, he does it through the education department. And he teaches your children to hate you. Not to hate you by hate, but hate the way you look and hate the way they look, but hate you for breeding them that way. It's all subliminal. And then your child raises up and rebels against their mother and father. Don't want to be with their fathers. They all got Jacob and sons, Williams and sons, so-and-so and sons. You don't have no niggas and sons. Every son wants to break away from what his father's doing and go off and do his own thing. Your father? So we're in a day and time where we got to collect our thoughts and start to do our own thing. Or as I simply say, put together our own stuff. When the, in the Muslim world, they admitted that we were coming. But the Muslims don't even see it. Right in their Quran, they admit that somebody's coming, and Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as they say, sending peace and blessings upon him. They say that Muhammad was a salvation to humanity. You hear me? The savior to the world, the answer to the problem. And the last revelation of their Quran, and yet Muslims in there. Thank you. And you know what I'm talking about. And the last revelation of their Quran says, إِذَا جَنَصُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسِ يَدَخُلُونَ فِي دِينَ اللَّهِ أَفْوَجًا فَسَبَّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرُهُ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَابًا You know what I mean? Either when Jah comes, the help of Allah, وَالْفَتْحِ That shall be the victorious opening. Now, if Muhammad was standing there with them, with me, and he was supposed to be the salvation of all humanity, why would his followers say, Muhammad, Muhammad, Nasrallahi, Muhammad, when is the Nasr coming? He's standing there. In the Holy Quran, second chapter, 214, it says, Muhammad. When is the help coming? He says, In the Nasr Surely the help is near. He says it. That means he ain't it. You hear me? Christianity. Book of St. John. There are many things I have to say unto you. However, you can't bear them. Yet. I will send unto you another comforter. He shall not speak of himself, but only that which he hears shall he speak. And he shall glorify my holy name. That's not Jesus is talking, according to y'all. So now we're coming. A holy ghost. The Holy Spirit. 
Jesus didn't say that. He said another comforter, someone like himself, another company. He was standing there as a physical being. No, I'm not staging to say it's me or all you people waiting for the trap. That's not what I'm doing, so relax. I'm basically saying that he was admitting that he is not the Savior. So the Christians had to rewrite the story and say he's coming back. Right? And they've been waiting for 2,000 years for him to get back. But Jesus himself never makes that claim. Jesus himself was one who had to repent. Say, what? Yes, Jesus, God, had to repent. Just like Muhammad admits in the Quran that he sinned and had to repent. Right in your book of the Bible in Mark. You got a Bible? Chapter 1. Let's see what it says here in Mark, chapter 1. John did baptize, verse 4, in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. This is said in verse 4. After it speaks about John the Baptist baptizing Jesus in the Jordan River. Now, what was the purpose for the baptism? According to the Bible, I don't even John with your reverend or your teacher or your pastor would like to make you believe, but he don't want to say by the word. Let's look at the word that you said you believe in, and let's see what it says. It says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, right? As it is written in, as it is written in the prophets. It's talking about the book as it was recorded, okay? Behold, I send my messenger before the face which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare thee the way of the Lord, make your path straight. End of verse 3. Boom. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of the repentance for the remission of sin. They call it Bet and Oya in Greek. That's an oya. You know what it means? To change your mind. The word they have for repentance in the Greek Bible is not repentance, but to change your mind. Tell the reverend to look it up. Find out it's true. If I proceed down this chapter, you know it's going to come down to nine? And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. Why was Jesus baptized? For repentance, to have his mind changed, according to the Greek. Why would God have to be baptized? Why would a person who was born sinless, conceived in heaven first, and then laid on earth in a manger, why would he have to repent if he was God? Repentance didn't start there, you know. It started back here in Genesis, way back here. Oh, yeah, you ain't going to like that one. <laughs> Let's see what it says. Oh, it gets some yellow. Maybe help. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Listen. And God, and here, they, and here they use the word Elohim. They don't use the word Yahweh. They use the word Elohim, a plural. Even though they'll lie and say God with a big old capital G and then start talking about capital and small G, which don't exist in Hebrew or in Greek. Big lie. And God saw the wickedness of man. Every imagination of his thoughts, of his heart, was only evil continuously. This is what God saw. You hear me? This is Genesis chapter 6, right after the creation. 
man, or just all God saw in, in man, it is every image in his imagination, everything about him was evil continuously. And, this is it, and it repented, Nahem, the Hebrew word. The same thing, to change your mind, to repent. And it repented the Lord, and here they use Yahweh, they stepped away from God. One of them stepped out and got mad. The one responsible for the creation. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. Here, God is repenting. So God is baptized. God, you're telling me, the all-knowing, all-wise, omnipresent, omnipotent being who knows the secrets of every man's heart according to Psalm, didn't know that Adam was going to become a bad boy. You understand that? And I'd like to ask another question. Did the horses sing in the garden? Yes or no? I may sound crazy. I just I advise you to answer. Did the horses sing? Did the goats sing? Did the chickens sing? So why were they drowned? Why was all of the Beast of the field. Let me go on and see what it says. And the Lord, Yahweh, said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Check this out. You ready? Both man and beast. What does the word both mean? Two. Two. Both. Two. Both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowl. Is God having a mathematical problem here? <laughs> he said both, and then he went on to name four things. That's like, that's like, I want all five of y'all to get up. <laughs> and put up two fingers. You read that? Listen to this. This is your Bible. I'm saying your Bible, but I'll get to the end of that. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created. I would like to know who he's talking to if he's alone. Your father, you had to turn to somebody. He didn't say, I'm going to destroy you. So he wasn't talking to man. He wasn't talking to angels, because you'll get to that later. <laughs> Whom I have stated from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and creeping thing, and fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. I am sorry I made them. Who is he talking to? Don't run back to the New Testament and give me the hype of rapture and a bunch of crap. Let's start in the beginning of the Bible and try to do word by word to see if we're getting a clear vision of the principles, the nature of what God is about and who God is. What kind of nature is this? This same God in Genesis chapter 4 speaks with Cain. Cain killed Abel. Correct? Now, before Cain killed Abel, how many people, according to the Bible and the Quran, how many people, human beings, were on the planet Earth? Come. Both folks. Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel. Nobody else was young. Nobody. You would say, according to the Bible. However, after Cain kills Abel, Cain tells God that he's afraid that whoever catches him is going to kill him. 
And God tells him, anyone that kills you or touches you, I'll put a sevenfold curse on them. Who is Cain and God talking about if the only people left on the planet is Adam, Eve, and Cain? Nobody else was here. So who was the Cain afraid to go out and meet? No one else was on the planet. You can say, well, this is a prediction of the future. No. Genesis chapter 3 says the man has become like one of us to know good from evil. Who is the one of us? Well, that's God and his divine principles. Talking in the plural, he means himself. <laughs> it may sound like a joke, but it's not funny what they have done to our souls and our minds with this crap. And then when I, when I stood beside Dr. Martin Luther King, right, and held up, I'm talking to you Christians, and held up down here in South Alabama in front of them and said, but we are Christians, they slapped the Bible out of there and said, your God ain't my God. Right? The KKK bases their whole doctrine on the book of Romans. If you study them, and then go out and burn you and crucify you and castrate you. What do they put on your what do they put on your lawn? A pitchfork or a cross? The people that came over here, Christopher, hello, Christopher, hello, Christian. Christopher Columbus were Christians who came over here when you were here as Native Americans living in peace. We were doing fine for as they have on record ten thousand B C E before the Christian era. We were living here on this land in peace. Was no blood sacrifices. Was no wars amongst us. And the Christians came over here with their doctrine. You hear me? We were living in Morocco. We were living in Mauritania. We were living in Mali. We were living in Senegal. And all of the southern Sahara in peace. You hear me? And then the Muslim or Muslim invaded with Islam. Their religion. And we've been fighting each other. We have actually been convinced to kidnap each other. And sell each other in slavery, as they call it. For money. You hear me? And they hold up this book, the Bible, or they hold up the Quran to enslave your mind with some type of faith. You call that blind faith. And the bad thing about it is someone like me who does his homework, masters the languages of these books, and starts to analyze them and say, well, I just want to talk to you about that book. I want to see if, brethren, you really know what you're talking about. Well, you can get up there and storm it. I talk to the hummer. And talk to Holy Ghost bull crap. But do you know what you're talking about when it comes down to our souls? And what has this book done for me lately? Nothing. I'm still being abused. And I'm a man. I can stand up and I can retaliate when I'm intelligent enough to try to work for law and order. And in that, 
kindness and gentleness, I'm portrayed as weak. You follow? You had Reverend Shopton have millions, look like millions of people marching across the bridge in New York. Right? So they walk from this end of the bridge to that end of the bridge, and then they disperse and go home. But that boy still lays in the hospital on critical. Nothing is done. That's called a peaceful display. But what happened to him is not a peaceful display. And I'm not supposed to get mad. If I talk about it, I'm a rebel rouser or a troublemaker because I fear that my son may be subject to that kind of abuse. You hear me? And I can, and you can be convinced, oh, that guy out there is a bad man. That nigga out there is trouble. They can convince you that I'm trouble because all I say to the reverend, I talk to any one of your reverend preachers, rabbis, or imams. They've been running for me for 25 years. They've been ducking and hiding and bobbing, and all of them got my books. You look in your reverend's briefcase, and in there you're going to see me looking up. <laughs> all the Freemasons and Shriners are reading our book. Eastern Stars, Northern Lights too. Minister Farrakhan, open his briefcase. I'm looking up at him. Yahweh Ben Yahweh, Black Madonna, Rastafarians, everybody is reading our book. But none of them can see that this is that time, that incarnation time. Time to set the record straight. The kind of information that we are putting out is causing a traffic jam on the information highway. They can't even keep up with where we're coming from. And they're not supposed to. Because it's your wake-up call. You can make up your mind to delve into these books, like the young man said. And I give you the opportunity. Don't believe me. Check me out. Say, I'm checking the nigga out. Nigga could be lying. Niggas lie. You lie well. But I'm saying it before. You have to do it and get this religious. Well, I don't want to check you out because I believe in you. Ah, that's the game they used before. The reverend gets you so confident in him that when he opens up the Bible to make the statement, you follow him? You just believe in me. No, wait, 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 wait. Let me get this thing. Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow. Is that correct? Is that what you're telling me about Jesus and Mary? And uh, this little lamb was born because God wanted to come down to earth. So he came to a woman and he placed himself inside this woman. And then he gave birth to himself in a manger, and he called three wise men who didn't believe in his religion. And he also stirred the anger in Herod to want to kill him. And the wise men went to Herod, and then the wise men had to come back to Joseph and tell Joseph, watch out, because Herod wants to kill your son. And then God sent angels, God sent angels to tell Joseph and Mary to take the little boy and go into Egypt. Correct? Is that, the, is that the story? I thought the little boy was God. Now, if the little boy is God laying in the manger, then a little boy should lean up like a Muslim say, talk from the cradle with this crap. They made that up. But anyway, he should be able to lean up and say, Joe, let's get out of here. I mean, after all, this is God. Does he have a restriction? Can the baby 
God not get up or sit up, stretch, they don't marry. Herod's mad. He's intimidated by the fact that I may be take his throne. Let's go hang out in Egypt for a while, you know. Couldn't he do that? Isn't he God? God is running from Herod. God is afraid to die. God who was born to die on the cross for your sin, according to the scripture, and was supposed to die at age 33 on Mount Calvary so that I could be saved. This was predestined, recorded in heaven before it happened on earth. If Jesus was going to die at 33, why was he running at birth? Could anybody have interfered with that if that was destiny? Could Herod have killed Jesus? Could the Nazarites have killed him when he ran through the crowd? Could the Jews have killed him when he was hiding? Somebody or Bates have been lying to you. And that's why we can't get out this state of mind. Because we are blinded by some type of hypnotic spell of stupidity. They got us numb into believing stuff that does not make sense. Some of y'all cried when you saw the movie E.T. Because, he want, because a little rubber monster wanted to go home. <laughs> tell me about it. They was able to jump off the screen and touch your heart emotional because of a little freaky looking monster with a finger in the air called E.T. And all the people in town went and saw E.T., and then they're mad at me because I said, I'm a real one. I'm not a little green thing. <laughs> oh, he's crazy. But your sons and daughters were crying for a little monster whose head went up and down, spun around. <laughs> you understand? Some of y'all are probably too young, but y'all people about my age. Remember the movie Psycho? You was afraid to close the shower curtain after watching that movie. I'm alive. The birds, people put their birds, the parakeets got infected. You got to go. You see a bunch of birds, you be thinking, where would I hide? They show them flying through windows and tearing down doors. I've watched many a bird flop off a window. They can't do it, but they know that they can control the way we think and feel. They can control the way you think and feel about me and I about you. You know what I mean? They can actually alter our emotions and make us do things to each other. But when it comes to them, they can do anything to us and we don't do anything but march across the bridge. Stockton was going to get something to eat in Chinatown. <laughs> he always marches where the people cook a lot of food. He marched in the little Italy where the Italians was to go to a pizza store. Now he's marching across the bridge to Chinatown to get some chop suey. But what about the brother who's now on critical diet? What about that fact? You with me? How long are we to absorb, or will you continue to absorb the crap? Halas Balassi was not Jesus. He was a nice little Ethiopian boy who sold his soul to the Queen of England. Now, if you don't know your own history, you ain't been to Egypt. You got niggas walking around and never been to Ethiopia. Or Ethiopia, the Creole kind of Ethiopia, I. <laughs> now, Yahweh Ben Yahweh don't have any flying thoughts. Nigga been in jail seven years, 
flying saucers ain't here yet. You with me? How long are we going to be believing this? The Jesus is not coming. Hello? Wake up. A short time is not 2,000 years. He said, you see me now in St. John's, in a little while you see me again. A little while is not 2,000 years. A little while is how long will it be before my key is ready? In a little while, honey. Okay. That's a little while. A 2,000-year-old cup of tea. Wake up. It's a fake promise. And the problem is not in the congregation. It's in the preacher who wants to keep that Cadillac for. He ain't no longer concerned whether or not this is the word of God or not. He's worried about that ting-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. And Jesus in this Bible here, according to you people, when he found people exchanging money in his father's house, what did he do? He went in and turned over the table and said, this is my father's house. Take this crap out. So how does a reverend stand up and pass out a cup in the house of God? And you want to know why churches are burning down? You want to know why all across Georgia's Christian churches, predominantly black, are burning? Because they're doing mischief in the house of the Lord. And they're doing mischief in the name of the Lord. And finally, they're doing the works of what they themselves call the devil. It's the Christian preachers who say, those people out there are crazy, before they even come out here and shake my hand to welcome me into Georgia, let me see if the man's crazy. Let me sit down and break bread with him. Ain't that the Christian way? Let me talk to the man and find out how crazy he is. I'm not the type.